Thank you. Good morning. Peace. Going to talk a little bit about peace this morning, experiencing peace, creating peace. Ever since I've been part of the Unity Church, near the end of the service, we sing, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Like I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world, as Gandhi said. So the rest of this talk is probably going to be about me. You guys can all have grace. You can eavesdrop on the story and see if any of it might be related to you, but I'll bear the burden. Because what amazes me is I could just start a clock when I leave after the service with peace beginning with me and see how long it takes before I break my vow. I'm convinced that I mean what I say. I'm convinced that in my heart that's what I want. And yet, I get annoyed. I get impatient with people. Sometimes it doesn't take very long at all. I'll have uh, the tone with my wife. <laughs> and even beyond those uh, impulsive hostilities that I share, I hold grudges. Where in the world does that fit with creating peace? And yet, I find myself doing it. I'm sure it's just me. And the holidays actually seem to, you know, they, they make everything a little more hyperbolic. So they exaggerate things, and there's just so much energy uh, in this time that we make special for very good reasons and very good intentions and very high commitments. And yet, Especially with family. Tensions can get tight. At least I've experienced that. And it's even to the point where there's some people I, I don't see at the holidays anymore. Uh, and it's interesting how that evolves. But it can be, for the people that are closest to us, it can be even more difficult. So I don't want to spend the whole day about peace, talking about all the ways that we create war <laughs> and conflict, but I do want to just bring an awareness that I can see that um, I have fallen short of the glory of God, essentially. And why is that? Well, what is the reason for that? Well, the reason is I am human. And, you know, I'm, I'm stuck with these failures and imperfections and shortcomings that are part of, of me trudging through the dirt as a man of dust, aspiring, though, in my heart to be a man of light. And, and what is the secret to that transformation? What is the secret to me being able to make that move? And it is grace. It is the gift of grace. From God, especially, but also, and also, from all of you who give me that room to be imperfect and, and see in me the potential of my highest self. See in me the potential of the Christ that I am. And so I want to talk more today 
about the gift of grace as being the key element to creating peace. So I'll start by sharing from Ephesians, the third chapter, eighth verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your doing. It is the gift of God. So grace is free. You don't have to earn it. It is the natural state of the unlimited nature of God's unconditional love, which we are created from, and we live and exist in, and hopefully we return into at some point. I think it's hard. Remember, I'm just talking about me. Okay. I, I think it's hard to accept that. I think it's hard to accept love sometimes. It's hard to accept unconditional love. I, I think I got a lot of messages along the way that I needed to earn it. Even in the Bible, there's some controversy or differing points of view on, you know, whether good works are part and parcel to the path to heaven. Accepting love, it ought to be easy. Just like creating peace on earth. Let it begin with me, ought to be easy. And yet for some reason, we can struggle to see ourselves in that love of love. We see our shortcomings. We judge them. And it prevents us from being able to share as much love with others. This cliche has been so overdone, and I'm going to overdo it again. Chalk it up to my list of shortcomings. But it's the oxygen mask in the airplane. How do we create peace? How do we create the memories? This is all about the memories of Christmas this, this, this Advent in the Unity book that some of you are reading, maybe all of you. How do we create the memories this season, this holiday, that, that are righteous and true and full of love? We've got to grab that oxygen mask and let the grace of God, the gift of grace, wash through and cleanse us and set us straight with claiming and, 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 and proclaiming the Christ within to me, this is, I know it's Christmas, I'm bring Easter up right now. This is the resurrection. This, this accepting of Christ and becoming one with Christ. This is the second coming. Not some triumphant force coming through the clouds and people drifting up in the air, oddly. The second coming is one within in consciousness and true to your heart and soul. It is me coming in alignment with the gift of grace of God's love through Christ's consciousness and Christ's living. So I think it's a human thing that we don't feel worthy of love sometimes. What does unconditional love really mean, anyway? You know, do I exhibit that? 
it, it, it doesn't surprise me that we don't trust love enough. I've been hurt. <laughs> Again, I'm just, if you're eavesdropping and finding anything, that's okay. But, you know, I've trusted and, 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 and I've found myself hurt. Now, in my mind, I know that I cannot feel let down unless I'm leaning on someone and they move. <laughs> so I know that um, that the hurt is really my job, and it's my job with, with Christ and God to just clean that up and know who I am. But I'm still mortal, and so, you know, that risk of vulnerability, I can understand why it's hard sometimes to trust love. We think we love our children. Unconditionally, and and I I do truly believe that I do. I think my mom did too. However, <laughs> you know, there, it gets confusing. Love, it gets confusing because we also feel like we have a job to do as a parent. And we have to guide our children along the paths of righteousness. You know, we're God to them in so many ways, but I don't want to turn this into a Dr. Phil episode. But I can see that while that unconditional love is at the heart, like I think most parents would step in front of a train or, or put a child. So I think that love is strong. And in the job of being people, we think we need to teach them how to be. And so we get confused about love. We get confused about independence versus codependence. And we get confused about intention versus expectation. I was coaching a, a guy in Italy once, and uh, we were working on the power of intention. And, and he, was, yeah, he, was, he was an amazing man. And he called me up and he said, you know, I've been holding intentions for everyone in my family. And they're not doing it. <laughs> I said, we got to talk about the difference between intention and expectation. And you just, you hold the vision. But you don't get attached to the result. That's the difference between conditional love. And especially when you get the message, if you don't do this, you don't love me. You haven't called. <laughs> don't you love me anymore? That sounds like a Seinfeld episode, but it's little ways that we send messages because, you know, we're a little needy sometimes. I saw something the other day where, you know, my son's at college, I'm texting him, and he won't text back. So we can get needy. Um, so we get confused about trying to pave the way for our children to become independent. And the codependence that comes into how we share love. Healthy boundaries is very important. But demands, needing others to be a certain way for us to be happy, that crosses the line. That's conditional. So my job in my life is to mind my own business doing what's best for me. 
and not to spend so much time knowing what's best for you. I can make suggestions. There's a phrase that I've picked up that I love. Be a model, not a critic. Be a light, not a judge. And I even wrap that into the beauty of affirmations and denials in unity. You know, be the affirmation. Be the model. Be that person. Be that way. And denying, don't be the critic. Be the light affirmation. Don't be the judge. The denial. To keep my consciousness clear. To keep myself living in the righteousness of love. So I've been working on this for the last two weeks. This this home. Let's can we go to the spiritual practice now, Michelle? Hey, is it already up there? Did you read my mind? So this is really part and parcel of, of practical Christianity for today. The, 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 the verse really just says that God. Um, well, here's a better way of saying it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Anyone heard that before? From the greatest psalm of all time in my mind. The Lord is my shepherd. God loves me. The love of God, the Christ, is in me. And it's abundant if I just accept it. And in that abundance... I got the oxygen mask. Now I can share it with you. And that's what I'm asking us all to create peace this season and forevermore, if you can. But let's just take it one moment at a time. Because we don't want to create, I don't think creating pressure is the way to create peace. We want to live, as someone told me once, check on two things. Are you breathing? Check. Are you moving with grace? I've spent a lot of time trying to understand what grace is, but before I get to that, I want to just finish. Give ourselves the gift of grace. And from that place, let's give it to others. There is that one person, or many multiple people in your life, the person that, you know, you got that list of, there's the list of people that annoy me today, and then there's the permanent list. <laughs> I don't care which list you pick. But pick somebody on that list. And choose to give them the gift of grace. I, I pick two people. There could be more. Baby steps. Just like in What About Bob? Anyone see that movie? Baby steps. Baby steps. And just, every time I think of them, I try to disrupt whatever thoughts come out of habit and focus on kindness. Focus on giving them the gift of grace. Focus on thinking, what do I love about them? And I'm going to tell you, it's really an interesting process. 
it's humbling, and, and I have to keep giving the gift of grace to myself because there's that tendency to judge myself for how badly I've been treating them in the past. You know, that's how the cycle of blame goes. You know, you, you, you do something, like blame someone or criticize them, and then it like sort of becomes into my awareness that, oh, that was not a very nice thing to do. Then I judge myself. So I feel bad. I, ju- I criticize. I feel bad. Then I judge myself for being such a poor Christian or whatever you want to say, person. And then I don't know what to do with all that bad feeling, so I got to go blame somebody else again. And the cycle just keeps repeating. I don't know if you've ever noticed that happening. You may now. Maybe I'm the only one. We want to break that cycle. And so what I've noticed is. When I start practicing this, I break the cycle. And, and, and I, I guess the other thing about this is you do not want to underestimate how influential you are. You are influential beyond your imagination. I assure you. And the only way we'd know that is by interviewing all the people that you influence. But I can assess in my own self that when I have an opinion about someone, and I verbalize it. it. Actually, I don't even know if I need to verbalize it. But if I put it out there, I influence other people to consider having the same opinion about that person. So if I say something bad about John, maybe I influence somebody else to see that way. I think I've done that with my son. This is a tragedy. The second part of your influence is that you hold that other person in a box. Because they can never be more than, in your eyes, more than you think they can be. So by giving them the gift of grace, I allow them the opportunity, the freedom, to move into that vision of their higher self that I've been preventing them from. Now, maybe I'm taking too much credit, but I don't think that's the way to think about it. I think the thing is to accept the amazing influence I have. Be a model, not a critic. Be a light, not a judge. Jesus says, Matthew 5, 44 through 46. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. There's more. I'll stop reading it. What he basically says after that is, it's easy to love the people who are loving you. It's harder to love the people that are on my permanent list. Do I really have enemies? Probably no. But in my consciousness, I've created the enemy. So in my consciousness, that's what the Christ energy does. It shifts my consciousness to say, you know what? I'm going to love them. Or at least see them in a kinder light than I've been willing to do in the past. And I just, back to the oxygen mask, 
almost all hostility that I extend to others is really just about me. It's not them. They're not doing anything. I'm, I'm, they're not annoying me. I'm annoying myself. And it's really just, you know, I, I don't even want to call it the work that I need to do. It's really not about work. It's about grace. It's about me just being willing to say, I am worthy of love, and I am love. Why is that so hard? So I'm asking you to set aside your perceived duty to help others be better or different. That's one duty you can let down. There's enough to do at Christmas. You don't have to do that, okay? And rather than help them, let us give them the gift of grace by loving them right where they are. Because you know the amazing thing about all of us? Even though we judge it, we're all doing the absolute best we can. That's just the truth. I'm giving you 100%. I'm not giving you 110%. That's a... We talked about that. I'm not... Well, if I was given... No, I'm giving 100%. I'm doing the best I can. And so are you. And so are the people on your list. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt. That's another way of saying it. The gift of grace. You know, I just have to get this one piece in because... You know, what, what is grace? You know, first of all, we say grace at dinner time, right? So it's a blessing. Also, sometimes, like, you get a pardon. Like, you're speeding, and the guy in the lights pulls you over, and he, he says, oh, just a warning. That's a form of grace. And also, grace is a period. You have a grace period. Sometimes you get charged with stuff for Christmas, and you don't have to pay any consequences for 30 days. We call that a grace period. And sometimes grace is relief. Just relief from, from the presence of suffering. Who knew that the NFL bye week was grace? But we don't have to watch the Browns today. <laughs> I personally feel a sense of relief about that. I, I don't know why I get so anxious. Well, I know why. It's like the children. I have expectations. You know, if you don't care about the outcome, everything gets easier. I, I got a lot. So I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, God love them. Come on, Baker. Come on. It's on my list. So I guess I'm going to repeat this part sort of in as I begin the closing of today's thought. And, and that is that it's amazing, but people often show up, they, their demonstration in unity language, they, they show up in alignment with our expectations of them. And that one reason is because of the influence that I talked about. So please appreciate how influential you are. And the second reason is that we tend to collect the affirming data 
that how we see them is how they are. So we keep them in the box. Just repeating that. So this Advent holiday season, let's, let's practice setting others free by giving the gift of grace. And there's the, the double bonus, the serendipity, the synchronicity, all those cool words. Giving the gift of grace may feel like it's for others, but I think we know in our hearts that it's really for me. You know what I'm talking about, me, so you can just put you in there if you want. It's for you. Grace is the path to peace. Grace disrupts the, disrupts the cycle of blame because instead of blaming someone, I show them kindness. And then I feel good about that encouragement, which then makes me feel better about myself and leaves me in a position to share even more kindness. So we take the cycle of blame, we replace it with the cycle of grace. One last caution. As you are doing this, as you are just allowing yourself to be kind and giving up the job of making sure everybody else lives a better life, you're bound to feel a little more vulnerable. You're going to feel like, well, wait a minute. What if I'm not in control? What if I'm not setting the path? What if I'm not telling them how to be? And I say, you will feel more vulnerable because you won't know for sure. We talked about faith last week, I hope. Faith comes here. But I say lean into your vulnerability because vulnerability is the path to intimacy. Say that again. Vulnerability is the path to intimacy, to closeness, to unity. Say that somewhere up here. I think it's on the outside of the building. It's here too. So this Christmas, make new memories by letting your mind be at peace and letting your heart lead the way, actively seek the path of kindness. Bestow your blessings upon others, and let us follow the example of our way shower, the Prince of Peace. Be a model. Be a light. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. I create peace by blessing others with the gift of grace, I create peace by blessing others with the gift of grace. Repeat this with me. I create peace by blessing others with the gift of grace. One more time. I create peace by blessing others with the gift of grace. Peace be unto you. And so it is.